Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If Jillian were here right now, she'd say she'd like this song. And because she would say she likes every song that you or last week, last two weeks, Rocco would play. I mean, I really question her taste in music. Yeah, me too. Because she likes every single song that we play, and none of the songs are good. I some of the stuff I play, it's not the out of the can or out of the box stuff. No, this is not. It's not. It's all do it a little differently. It's all. It's not. No, it's it's because Intercon doesn't want to pay for us to go out and play real music because of the podcast page. Because we got to pay for the rights for that. So we got to pay generic music that we don't. We we have we play generic music that we don't have the rights that we have. Don't have to pay for the rights to play. Still a little salty. About I'm this very too. salty. Still, I'd say is when I learned about this, I was actually putting together the music for. Uh, I think it was Labor Day last year, and I was putting together the music for. It was the day before Labor Day actually, and I was putting together the music for uh, the show because I was filling in for the show on Sunday. And when I found out we couldn't play real music here on the show. I was so angry. Very much limits my creativity. Yeah, back. it's very You're limited. Stifling my creativity. Yeah, I was just like, I had an open. I had a song. I was gonna use. Uh, I was gonna use the uh, theme song for. You're not a wrestling fan, but I was gonna use a theme song for the uh, for the Undisputed Era from NXT. I had that ready to go, and I found out like 30 minutes before the show we couldn't use it because we had to use license free, royalty free music that we. Uh, I think we got like, a contract with them or something. So I was very angry. So. Stifled our creativity. You're listening to Overtime here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, radio.com app. Uh, no Jillian Carroll today, but I am Chris Nocero, Julio Sanchez on the other side of the glass. Um, if you want to text in, the Protein House, eat with the purpose text line is 69306. Uh, we'll get to some of your texts later on in the show, but right now, Julio, let's get to your web hits. Julio's web hits. All right, so I know this uh, this happened a little while back as far as the St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup, but some recent uh, some recent happenings have kind of brought that situation back into the light. Apparently, the FCC had received several several hundred complaints. Yes, about. Uh, all the, the players using the f bomb on live TV in the during the post game. So we're going to provide you with some uh, entertainment and read some of those uh, some of those complaints. One of these reads: NBC once again allowed at least ten f bombs, clearly audible, <laughs> a few loudly during prime time coverage of the 2019 Stanley Cup Finals on Wednesday, June 12th, 2019. Federal law prohibits obscene, indecent, and profane content from being broadcast on the radio or, and this is in all caps, TV. Enforce this law. Levy hefty fines back in regular font and make them public 
to ensure future compliance of this deliberate, disgusting show never ends. Another one reads, during the presentation of the Stanley Cup last night, there were an unacceptable amount of F-bombs dropped. (laughs) Heard from an ICE audio. uh, I don't, they they clearly can't talk. Uh, This audio feed should have been cut off, but wasn't. Five of the first seven players raising the cup decided that to do this in one form or another. I then changed channels to avoid further exposure to gr- to grandson watching. Producer director should have cut on ice audio after first player did this. Another one said maybe the F's were said. Maybe F's were said. Another one said foul language allowed multiple times during editing for obscene language. They spelled obscene wrong. I mean, it did happen quite a bit. I mean, f bombs were were loosely being thrown around. That I'm, is, that I'm is gonna for sure. say my piece here. I don't bother me. I don't think bad words are that bad. Doesn't bother me. I I mean, if we're talking about slurs, we don't have kids though. If we're talking about we slurs. You shouldn't be using racial slurs or anything that's a slur against a group of people. But if you want to drop an f bomb or an s bomb or anything like that. I don't see why that's a problem. I mean, there were a lot. There were a lot of f bombs. When I was a kid, my parents cursed around me a lot when I was a kid. Mine did too. They didn't give a bleep. They did not. And and if anybody's ever heard me off the air, I curse all the time. I have been. I have actually had parents come up to me at like Buffalo Wild Wings and like, could you please not curse around my children? And I'm like, dude, your kid's gonna hear it anyways. So what's the big deal? Like, if you're going to shield your kids, like, it's different if we're talking about, like, things like sex or things like violence. If you want to shield them from that, sure. But bad words, they're going to hear those bad words all wherever they go. Unless you keep them in the house, they're going to hear those bad words. So what's the problem? It's the big deal. You say I get, that because you don't have kids. Even if I, I had understand. kids. I understand. No, just, just mute the damn channel. Mute the damn my channel. Best friend, my best friend has kids. He's got four kids. They're all between the ages of like nine and four, I think. And we curse around them all the time. And his thing is just like, hey, kids, those are grown up words. You don't say those words. We say those words because we're adults. That's how my parents were. My parents were like, we curse. You don't say these words. Those are adult words. When you're an adult, you can say them. And then I was using them in middle school. But like, that's. Like, that's the, the way that I think you should be telling your kids about these bad words. That's the way you think. That doesn't yeah. mean that other parents... They're just words. ...want to shelter their kids a little bit more, They're which just is words. fine. They're just words. They're just a channel. You're not ruining your kid's life if he hears a few F-bombs during a, a performance. Until your kid is four years old and dropping F-bombs in the kitchen. So what? That's funny. <laughs> you, you you remember the story I mean, of my mom told? It's cute at first, but... It's funny. Just don't say that to, you know, people that are, like, higher up in the totem pole, like your teachers or your mentors or your parents. Just don't say that to, like, your relatives higher up. Text line's going to eat you up for this one. Oh, they are. But, like, teach your kids. Like, hey, you know, just don't say this stuff to adults. Because you're a kid. This Part is of life. Adult language. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Georgia Southern quarterback Shea Wirtz. You would not know his name. You probably will. Because he plays at Georgia Definitely Southern. Definitely won't know his name. His name anymore. Like Kim A. Ligue played there. Uh, he got arrested for trying to pass off cocaine as bird poop. So to kind of set the stage here, he got pulled over uh, for speeding. He decided instead of pulling over right there and then to call 911 and tell the, uh, the operator that he was going to pull into a more an area with more light because he felt unsafe. 
So this kind of set the stage for them taking him out of his car, putting him on his hood to, to check his car. They noticed that there was a white substance on the hood of his car that apparently he had tried to wash off because it was all over his uh, the, the hood. It was all over the windshield. It was inside of his wipers. And it turned out to be cocaine in which he tried to pass off as bird poop. And apparently he had been trying to get it off his car for a couple days and couldn't get it off. I don't understand how you get that much cocaine on the hood of your car <laughs> that you can't even wash it off. Just have a mound of I it. I don't understand on the hood of his. There's car. so many questions to this. What is he doing? So many, and then you shoot yourself in the foot by instead of pulling over on the side of the street, pulling over into a lighted area where it's a, way more visible. I would say this, uh, black Good men the out police. there, the cops flash their lights. You pull over, pull over. Don't give him a. Reason. You're just gonna piss him off more. You're just gonna piss him <laughs> yeah. off. Don't give him a reason. Get pull over immediately. Doesn't matter. Pull over. <laughs> he wasn't. He, that was a problem right there because the cop was probably thinking he was going to run away. But then, first off, it. How is it that hard to get that stuff off? That's of your what vehicle? I was like. What kind of party was he throwing? Like, I have a lot of questions about. I this. mean, this had to be like the night before because I don't think you roll around a few days with that stuff sitting on your hood. You said it was a winch. It was in the windshield wipers. It was too? in the windshield. So they they were they just it. throwing it in the air. I that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, I I for one think he's just covering up. I think he was getting pulled over and he kind of throw it out, tried to throw it out the window, and it probably, it probably came he probably tried to like in his front of his car. He was and dumb, and, and he was dumb instead yeah. of ta- and instead of pitching it out of the the passenger side window, which is how pros do it. He tried to oh, pitch it from out of the driver's side window and try to throw it over the windshield. Tell me more. And and it went over his hood. It like it dispersed and it went over everything. That's what I'm thinking. That's what happened. That's what I'm thinking. That's my theory on that. I think they just had a crazy stripper party on the hood of his car. That's fine. See, that's the only people that should be doing that are the rich. I mean, he's a quarterback at no, He's a quarterback at Georgia Southern. Yeah, no, no he's offense. not the quarterback at USC no. where you make like a hundred thousand dollars a year. He's the quarterback at Georgia Southern. He ain't getting no money. He's he probably. I wouldn't be shocked if former he still had to pay. He's the former quarterback now. <laughs> He'll go play at like Western Alabama or something, or uh, you know one of them other schools. Maybe. Yeah, go play he's at Hutch- what is that Hutchinson yeah. or whatever it was. He'll go play at the community college or something, and then he'll go play for some other nothing school. Yeah, he's that's not gonna work. That's not gonna fly. What's next? Julio? Moving on. Marshawn Lynch is a, a little under fire for a bit of a, a sexist rant. Uh, so I have a couple clips to play because I feel like there's some, there's another part of of this clip, uh, as a, in its whole, that people are kind of glossing over, and I feel like it could really be a, a real true controversy. Uh, but here is Marshawn Lynch on the first part of his rant, uh, rant um, kind of being sexist. Yeah, I do. I guess a lot. I Look, I understand where he's coming from. It doesn't make it right. Of He's basically, their moms are mad because he's using F-bombs and telling them to get the F out of practice. And the kids started crying. And the mom doesn't want him using that type of language around the kids like that. And I think the 
from where he's trying to come from is a, a male may understand a little bit better of the discipline that is involved in in football, in sports in general, but more so in football. Yeah, definitely shouldn't have said the uh, you got a man with you. Definitely shouldn't have said that because the optics that that made me squirm a little bit when I heard that audio earlier. I know where he's coming from, but yeah. Probably don't still need can't to say be, it like still that. can't say it like that because it is a little condescending. It's like, yeah, I need to talk to a reasonable person here is the way he was kind of saying it. And I don't think that was a situation where you needed to say something like that because I think the problem is, is it, it like the way he said it was very condescending to her. And it was. It was. Yeah, and it's like it's like you don't need to say that to her that way. You can have a good conversation with her. You don't need to speak to her man or whatever. She you you can reason with her on this whole situation here as long as you explain it in a respectful manner. So like I said, I that's definitely shouldn't be saying that. That that very much came off as sexist. The bigger I think for me, the bigger story in this rant of his is the fact that and I think it could be a little divisive, is the fact that he did curse out kids. These are, I mean, it's a, it's a football camp. It's young kids. We're talking like 8 to 12. And this is kind of how his approach was. Is, is This is Lynch kind of justifying uh, why he's cursing at kids. When I tell a kid to oh, do something and they're not doing what they're supposed no. to do, then there is consequences like push-ups, like running laps, like telling them, like to, get sit up, like telling them to get out of my drill if they're not participating. Out of my drill, or whatever it takes to get my drill, because there's one kid, but there's also 50 others, a hundred more kids out there. And I understand his point. And I, for one, look, know your audience, know what you're signing your kid up for. It's Marshawn, it's Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> you're signing him up to play football at Marshawn Lynch's training kit. Like, what do you expect? And and that's part of football. So I, I'm not saying it's right, especially, you know, depending on the age of the kids. But for me, if if he's not directly attacking a kid and he's just saying get the F out of practice, that's fine. As long as he's not calling a little the B word and making it a personal thing. Yeah. If it's just about football and them being knuckleheads, I, for one, am okay with it. I would say it is if football coaches got in trouble for cursing at kids. <laughs> there wouldn't be any football coaches left. Yeah, man. It happens all the time. When I was playing, I got cursed at all the time. The only coaches I never—I'd say this: my tennis coach never cursed at me because he didn't care because he was going to retire that year. So he did not care at all. We just messed around at practice, played around, and then we just played bad tennis during our actual matches. Uh, my soccer coaches never cursed at us because they were like, yeah, you know, we're not really, you know, we're they were pretty chill and laid back, so they didn't make a big deal out of it. I am 100% behind, as long as you're not personally attacking the kid, I don't have an issue with you cursing at the kid like that. I can understand why a parent and would it's be. it's not excessive. Yeah, it's not excessive. You're not like bleep, bleep, bleep every other word. Like, you know, like, it's football. Football is a sport that has a different demeanor, a different approach to it. And the coaches have a level of intensity that is not found in other sports. And it's Marshawn Lynch. Right. That's my that's the thing that on, jumps. Man. You knew what, you, what you were signing up for with Marshawn Lynch. Not and Alex if you Smith. didn't know you were what you were signing up for with Marshawn Lynch, that's your own damn fault. Because Marshawn Lynch does regular TV interviews that they have to bleep out all the time. He was doing interviews with the media that they got to bleep out all the time. This is just what he does. So if you send your kid to the Marshawn Lynch training, uh, you know, uh, kids camp, you know what you are signing up for. And if you don't, that's your own fault. So 
I'm not going to get on Marshawn Lynch. Like I said, the sexist stuff, like, don't say that. That, yeah, that was very it. condescending. But the cursing at the kid, like, as, long, as long as you're not calling him a little B, as long as you're not out here <laughs> directing, uh, you know, it was, I'm, sometimes these kids, man. Like, sometimes they're knuckleheads. Sometimes they're knuckleheads. they have to be hmm. forcefully talked to like I, that. That's fine. <laughs> I just, I, knowing the stuff I did back in the day, I understand why my, why my right. dad would curse at us. My dad cursed at us all the time. Some of the people on the uh, on the uh, protein house eat with the purpose text line agree with us, and they're like, "Yeah, we curse at our kids." Um, Goatman chimed in and said his his kid actually dropped an f bomb after a uh, Goatman whooped him on Madden. And he was like, "Don't bleep and say that," and he used the f bomb back like that right there. As long as you yeah. teach your kids not to say that stuff, you're good. But I don't have an issue with people cursing around kids, and I damn sure don't have an issue. Like I said, as long as you're not making it a personal attack, I don't have an issue with coaches doing it too. Because I'm gonna tell you this right now, parents, coaches do it all the time, they especially do it. in football. Oh, especially right in football. That's a part of the culture. It's, I I tell you, my defensive coordinator the the year that I played for my high school, he said things that like you know, like the seven words you can't say, uh, like Richard Pryor, the seven words you can't say on yeah. the air. He said all of them, every one, in practice. He would mix them together in sentences in ways that I had never heard at 15 <laughs> years old. When you're on the English, I language. was like, "Wow!" I was like, <laughs> "I didn't know you could say that stuff." Like, I didn't. He was very because he, he was the ISS teacher too, so he would like come up with thing. He, you know, he had time because he's sitting there in silence with all these ISS kids. I mean, in silence, and so badass he would, kids. yeah, these badass kids. So he was coming up with some creative ways to insult us. And so, yeah, I'm going to tell you this right now, parents. Your your football coaches are saying terrible things to your kids. Coming up next, we are going to talk to our co-host, my co-host, Jillian Carroll, and talk all the news in the world of soccer. That's next. Here on Overtime, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the radio.com app. I'm Cruzino Cerro. Julio Sanchez is doing all the hard work on the other side of the glass, and we are finally joined by our co-host, Jillian Carroll. Jillian, is the music to your liking? Well, apparently I like every song. Yeah, you like every song. I suppose it's decent. I'll give it a B+. It's decent. See, Julio intentionally tried to play a song he didn't think you would like so that you could, he could get you to say that. That's well, not true. Julio, everything you do, I like. All the songs, they're all brilliant. Very nice. Lottery's well, like not going to help you right now, Jillian. We're still <laughs> upset with you. It's fine. Dang, shots fired. I've been on air for like 30 seconds. Great. Yeah. Welcome back. How yeah. are you doing, gentlemen? Yeah, we are, we're doing good. Julio is alive and well, even though we tried to text him for two weeks straight and we heard nothing well, we, in return i thought we, we thought you were dead man we called we alerted the uh the powers that be we sent out a search and rescue squad she and, did uh, i didn't i didn't <laughs> look i didn't have reception by the time i got back with reception i had like 50 text messages between the two of you and i'm not gonna lie julie i just i didn't take the time to go back and read through all of them i yeah, I, I believe that. Certainly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I still love you guys. You're alive, it's so it's good. We're, we're <laughs> that is a that's alive. a Julio move. Let me avoid. Let me just <laughs> not is. look at all of the fifty texts that I have in my queue. It could be important news, but eh, I no, missed it anyway, so I'm not going to look at the text. Yeah, and he just like chimed back in the conversation. You know those people who like you text and like 
four days will pass by and yes. they seem to you as if you didn't just sleep four times <laughs> She knows times me so well. Yeah, hey, Julio over here talking like Anna. I don't know who that is. She knows me so well. <laughs> yeah, that's I definitely can't Julio. Stand that. At least acknowledge like, oh, hey, man, sorry for a couple of days. I've been busy. <laughs> nope, he just picked right up. <laughs> Julio act like he's been like a like in cryo sleep, and he just woke up like, oh yeah, t- no time passed during these four days. I didn't respond to this text. It's true. It's true. So the uh, big news in the world of soccer, Jill Ellis is going to step down as the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, effective in October. Uh, what kind of impact do you think this is going to have on the U.S. Women's National Team? I think this is huge. Um, obviously, being the first national team coach, male or female, to win back-to-back world championships since 1930, the 34-38 World Cup, um, this is huge. Like She took this team, not to say that they were you know, in a rough spot or anything, but she just accomplished an incredible feat. And so, um, you know, she caught some heat throughout her years. There were often times where her lineups were questioned, there were rumors of players, um, you know, saying, well, they might retire if she sticks around. There were ups and downs throughout it all, but she accomplished something that is incredible, um, just remarkable success. And so the fact of the matter is that she is obviously going to complete the victory tour, so she'll continue through October. Um, but then there are Olympics to be had very quickly. Around. You know, it's a, it's a quick turnaround for that. So this is, uh, to answer your question, it's a it's going to be um incredibly um it's, it's just a big issue for the team now obviously the team and its core a lot will return a lot of the players will return there's a lot of talent there it's very deep um the roster is, is strong but you have to have your leader um so it's going to be um there's going to be big shoes to fill we know that obviously look at the stats and just um you know she has had an incredible history herself so but it's really cool to know that the core of the team is returning, um, and I believe that the success of this team is going to continue to prevail here. So, Jill Ellis is incredible. Um, just, you know, the accolades, undefeated in the whole year 2018, obviously the two FIFA World Cup. Um, the fact that she was able to, something I admire about her so much is the way that she's able to reach her veteran players. So, Carly Lloyd and Allie Krieger, for example, both two players, um, you know, older players reaching to the point in their career that they could just very easily, you know, hang up the, the cleats and, and retire, but had some fire left. And just because they had this incredible history, most not most, some coaches would just, okay, say, yes, Carly Lloyd, you get a starting spot, or yes, Allie Krieger, you have a spot on the roster, or you're invited to camp. She took risks, and she really challenge those players and she didn't make it easy for them at all and the fact that she really was able to reach them um it's hard to reach a veteran player who's set in their ways and maybe has expectations but could be physically falling off a little bit um but she did that and so she brought out the best of her players um at all ages and on all levels which is incredible so big huge shoes to fill but what's really exciting is that there's a list of very um talented upcoming coaches so the options um they're there two of which that i'm really excited about laura harvey um out she just moved down to the real salt lake team so obviously the team that went left from kansas city and who's now over the utah royals excuse me she's their head coach and then another name on the potential um list of coaches to be considered is vladko andonofsky who started his career right here in kansas city so 
big, huge, big shoes to fill in regards to Joe Ellis, but it's exciting to see the options coming up. And then uh, I think it was earlier today or last night, the news came out that uh, Alex Morgan is committed to playing in the 2023 Women's World Cup. Uh, what kind of what kind of um, ease does she bring to the mind of the next coach for the women's national team as they transition into trying to prepare for to to replace Jill Ellis and keep up the same kind of expectations that this team has with the two straight World Cup victories? Well, certainly. I mean, that announcement right there is huge because I mean you have to you have to meet these women where they are, right? And so this this player specifically, Alex Morgan, um, just however many goals she's at now, the accolades, she's an incredibly talented player. But you also have to remember, she's a 20-something female. So she's a wife, you know. So women in their 20s who are married, oftentimes they're beginning to think about starting families. And when you're an athlete and you're a mother, it's hard to be both. And so, yeah, I mean, people, are, people question these women as they do, especially as – successful as they have been some people can say like okay they've won an Olympic gold medal they've won two world cups like okay they did it like now let's go explore motherhood and plenty of athletes do that Lauren Holiday just hung up the boots you know she also, she had some health concerns but she could have kept playing and she's one that wanted to go be a mom you know um Sydney LaRue you know having babies so in regards to Alex Morgan I do think that people were questioning okay what's her next step like is she done yet is she wanting to continue to play? But the fact that you just said the the confidence and the um, just potential that she brings to being a part of this team is, I don't think you could put a value on it. I think that she is so consistently successful and she's such a leader. Maybe not that vocal in the spotlight, um, as we saw, like, a, for example, Rapino this past season. Um but Alex Morgan is certainly the face when it comes to, you know, PR and all the sponsorships. And she is a face and a name that is heard in, you know, every household. And it's, she's recognized. And um, the fact that she is very, obviously what she is on the field, she's also that off, you know. So she is one to fight for fairness and equality and all that good stuff. But also um, she just embraces the platform that she has on this team and as far as for future females and for the future of the game. So it's, it's really cool. I know I'm thrilled about it personally because it is, you know, you hear Jill Ellis is retiring and immediately I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, I have so much respect for her and admire her. But, you know, the game goes on, and, and that's just part of it. But with Alex Morgan, it's really exciting to hear that she's sticking around. Um, you know, players will continue to develop other players, and I think that she's one that wants to do that. So maybe we don't see her giving as many minutes in the 2023 Olympics, but just know, like, she's definitely going to be continuing to develop players around her and keep the, keeping the, the core of the team strong. In Sporting Kansas City news earlier this week, they signed a left back, Louis Martins. Uh, he most recently played for Chavez in Liga Pro, the second league in Portugal. Uh, he uh, is getting moved. He's gonna he's gonna be in the position that your boy Sesanovic has been playing at the last few years. <laughs> what kind of impact do you think this kid is gonna have? Uh, he's 26 years old, mind you, so he's a lot younger than a lot of guys that they have on their back line. What kind of impact do you think he's going to have on this sporting team that seems pretty deficient on defense? Well, so this is a soft spot for me because you know that I am a fan of Sestinovic. Yes, I yeah, that that's your boy. Un- I just think he's an underrated player and an underrated piece of this team. 
Um, as far as Sporting Kansas City goes, we've seen this, right? We've seen big names come in um, from, you know, playing other well-established leagues, Fonta, Skatera, um, Johnny Russell. We've seen them come over, and some have made immediate positive impacts, and some have not. Um, Johan Croize, I know. That's Julio's um, favorite player. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Julio's shaking his head right now. Right? The difference with this one is that he's younger. And so I'm, I'm hopeful um, because, you know, Steph is incredible. And as I mentioned, I will continue to say this. I believe that he is consistent and he is strong. He comes up, when he needs, he comes up big when he needs to. However, you know, he's getting up there. He's 32, I want to say. Yeah. 31, 32. Um, so these young legs, you know, these young fresh legs could come in. Um, if anything, it's going to make an immediate um, something I saw when Fontes came last season, didn't play that much, but we saw the best season we ever had seen. Well, not ever, but in, a, in quite some time out of Beaver, right? You bring in a guy who could potentially take a player's spot, and that player is going to either crumble and say, fine, take it, or he's going to step up and be like, no, there's no, you're not taking my spot. And I think we saw the best soccer out of Beagler we had seen in a long time because Fontes was right there kind of chomping at the bit. So this could do that for Seth. I'm not sure. Um, like I said, we've seen this happen before, try to get a big name that has played in some big-time leagues come over. We've seen, like, Gutierrez does very well. Russell is Russell. He's amazing. But, you know, we haven't always gotten the results that I think they anticipated. So this one could go either way, honestly. Um, what do you guys think about how immediate will we see him on the pitch? Like, I'm not sure he's just going to jump right in. I would think that he probably gets – he probably is a sub early on, maybe for a month okay. or two, and they kind of see what he's got then. Because here's the thing about him. He doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. He has not played a whole lot of games. I think the most games that he's played in the season is like 16, I think. So mm-hmm. he's not seen a ton of minutes on on the field anywhere he's been, and he's been bouncing around between League Un, League Pro, Premier Liga, La Liga, between yeah. Spain, Portugal, and France. So he has played a lot of different places but has not seen a lot of time on the field. So I think it's going to be a situation where they kind of have to try and build the stamina up because it's different running in practice versus actually playing in a game for you know 90-plus right. minutes. So. I think initially they'll try to ease him in and see what he's got. But I think if you are Peter Vermees, you are hoping beyond hope that this guy turns into your starting left back because mm-hmm. you need to get younger on this team. And they've got a lot of guys that are, you know, near 30 or, you know, 31, okay. 32 years old. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of guys who are coming over from Europe in their mid-30s and doing well, but it's hard to do it when you know you've got guys who have been here for a while and been playing for a while and this is kind of the maximum that they've reached so i think they're going to ease him in but i think they hope he plays good enough to take that job certainly and like i said we've had guys come over and be big hits Ilya sanchez for one and we've had other guys who've come over and been duds and have gone right back or have never seen play time and then they're gone you know so who knows, but let's just be honest, you know, the back line and the defensive side of the game for Sporting Kansas City definitely needs something. It's definitely um, lacking and just definitely not itself. So hopefully that this is the guy. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, I'll have to wait and see. But I'm glad you brought up the games played because only being 26 years old sounds like, okay, he must, you know, must not have played a lot. But, you know, guys oftentimes coming from overseas – 
have played so much already at just 26 years old, right? But this one hasn't, you know, hasn't had a lot of time on the pitch in a match. So I don't know, maybe that's a bad sign right there. Like, why has he bounced around and not gotten a lot of play time in the places he has been? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see, but we certainly need something to help out the back line. That is Jillian Carroll, my co-host here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris. Jillian, enjoy this beautiful Saturday as we uh, get pretty close to it being Monday. We, have to, we all have to go back to work again. That's right, and some of us work on the weekends, unfortunately. But I'll be back next week <laughs> to see you all. So I'm all right, we appreciate it. You get to see Julio for the first time in a month, and uh, we'll see if Rocco tries to come in and try to steal his job because after that show last week, Rocco was trying to pitch to me for me to give him the starting job as the producer. He wanted it he bad. He was trying. He was trying. He was, trying. Uh, he was working his ass off to try to take Julio's spot as our producer. Got my eyes on both, all three of you. I, I'm not all trying to replace you. We're not trying to replace you. We're just saying Rocco was trying his best to get that starting job. Answered your text, made us made sure that we knew you were alive. Yeah, we 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 were worried. We might we were scouting to see if we needed to get a replacement just in case you didn't come back alive. Thanks, Jilly, for coming on with us. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank you. That is uh my co-host, Jillian Carroll, as uh she is out enjoying a great, beautiful Saturday afternoon, transitioning into evening. Coming up next, our newest segment. Been doing it for a, we did it a couple times. We didn't do it when you weren't here, Julio, because we felt it Thank wasn't you. right with you not being here. It's dead to me coming up next. Final segment here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the radio.com app. If you missed everything that we've talked about thus far, you can always listen in on the podcast page, 610sports.com or on the radio.com app. You can listen to all of our podcasts on that app. So make sure you go back if you missed anything, all of the the great talk for, uh, about Georgia Southern quarterbacks with cocaine on their car or cursing at kids. It wasn't cocaine. It was bird poop. It was cocaine. <laughs> it was confirmed. The police confirmed it was cocaine. <laughs> All right, let us get to the uh, newest segment we have done. We've done it a couple times here. Uh, let's get to Dead to Me. You're dead to me, boy. You're more dead to me than your dead mother. You're nothing to me now. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't want to know you or what you do. There is no tomorrow. You're dead to me. You're dead. You're gone. I don't even know who you are. You're vapor. You're dead to me. Over. All right. So in this segment, uh, each week we like to kill off uh, one individual or group who has kind of annoyed us or we're over. Um, mine this week is Carmelo Anthony. 
So recently, he uh, sat down in an interview and kind of went over uh, the falling out with the Houston Rockets to where they signed him to a 10-day contract, and he thought he was going to be the missing piece to help them get over the hump. Uh, And they basically let him go after the 10-day contract, and uh, he was complaining about it and also complaining about how he has uh, yet to be picked up and signed by another team. Uh, And I'm kind of over it. He's 35 years old. He doesn't want to come off the bench. He he does nothing but ball hog. He does not want to pass the he ball. He does not want to pass the ball. Doesn't want to play defense. He doesn't want to play defense. Doesn't want to rebound. I, like, you're over the hill, dude. You're past your prime. Like if you're not going to accept that you're going to be a role player moving forward, then you just need to retire. I mean, between the stuff with Lala and him cheating on her and all that stuff, and uh, I'm just he's been in the news too much, and he's irrelevant enough at this point that I'm just I'm sick and tired of hearing from him. So. He's dead to me at this point. My guy. I got two guys. Can we do two? I, I can do two. <laughs> I mean, if you want to. Right, we don't have right. time for you I'll to do. You don't have, we don't have time for you to do a second I'll person. <laughs> so the first person I, I'm killing off is Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock tried to say that LeBron James is hogging the spotlight from his son by celebrating, jumping around, dancing, being a part of uh, his son's basketball games, which is really silly considering the fact that LeBron James is setting an example of what a lot of fathers should be. He's trying his best to be the kind of father that he never had. And Jason Whitlock, who does not have any kids that we know about, has never been married that we know about, for some reason is some expert on parenting. He's attempting to say that Jason Jason Whitlock is attempting to say that LeBron James is is venturing into the LeVar Ball camp. When LeBron James is costing his son money on shoe deals, when LeBron James is pulling his kids out of high school and college so they can go play in some third-tier, fourth-tier league that no one's ever heard of, and or having him go play in another country that most people can't pinpoint on a map, then we can say, yeah, maybe he's being a helicopter dad. He's not being a helicopter dad because he's celebrating when his kid has a crazy dunk in a game and his shoe comes off and he's got to run on the court and pull it, pull it, you know, put it back on. Like that, we're going too far here when we're saying that that he's being, uh, he's trying to hog the spotlight from his his son. He's trying to be the father that he never had, and I commend him for going out and trying to be involved in his son's life. Because let's be honest here, he's the most talked about story wherever he goes. He's going to steal the spotlight just by being there in the pres- in the presence of other people. People, I guarantee you, were waiting for LeBron to do anything so they could record it on their phone and put it out on social media. So let's hold off on him be- you know, stealing the spotlight from his son. He didn't steal the spotlight from his damn son. It's LeBron James. He steals the spotlight everywhere he goes. And has no- it has nothing to do with him trying to go out there and take glory for his son. My second one. Now, this man has a chance to re- resurrect himself and redeem himself tonight. I am talking about the treacherous, the traitorous Tony Gonzalez, who has said disparaging things about Kansas City. He said the Kansas Cityans are such great sports fans because there's nothing else to do in this city, which is a load of bleep. And he had this to say earlier this year when he was talking about his NFL career. You know what, Falcons? Honestly, it made my career to come here. Uh, it really did. 
it, nothing against Kansas City. I was there 12 years, but only three playoff games. But when I got to Atlanta, it's like all of a sudden now you're part of this winning organization. We're on TV every week now. I'm doing Monday night football, Sunday night football games. I love it here. I love being back here. He's showing way too much love for the city of ATL, Hotlanta. And not only that, but then he's disparaging Kansas City and its fans on, on in the way of doing that. I don't think you need to do that in order to talk about your career. And so to me, when you have to do something like that, when you have to disparage us, when you have to act like the 12 years that you had in Kansas City weren't the best years of your career, I take offense to that. And then he had that weak-ass apology afterwards, and he he acted like it. he tried to say it was an apology, but then he said, like, kind of with his tone of voice, with air quotes, it was an apology like, let's be honest here, dude. You're not sorry for what you said. He's been meaning what he's been saying about Kansas City for years now. And I'll tell you this. There is a way that he can redeem himself. He has to have the most Kansas City as bleep speech not gonna happen. tonight it's not gonna at happen. the Hall of Fame, at his Hall of Fame uh, commencement speech. He needs to have – he has to reference at least two barbecue places. Got to be one of the big trio. Gates. Has got or or Joe's or Arthur Bryant's, and then he probably has to reference like an LC's if he wants to do like a dark horse, like you really know your barbecue stuff. Jack Stack he's got too. no, no, not Jack Stack. Get yeah. the bleep out of here. And then he's got to talk about some landmarks. He's got to talk about like the Liberty Memorial. He's got to talk about the shuttlecock over at over at Nelson Atkins Art Museum. I mean, he's got to. It's got to be Kansas City is bleep. If he's talking about Atlanta. Get the bleep out of here. They need to take a crowbar and pry his name off the ring of honor because he disrespected us in Kansas City. Well, why did he even bring us up? Like, there was no reason other than he feels jaded about being in Kansas City for us, for him to have mentioned us in that clip. He asked out of here. He He wanted to mention any of it. He wanted out of here and they gave him his out. So he has no reason to throw shade at us. So the fact that he's done that is problematic. And that's the reason why he is dead to me for the next, what, five hours or so until, you know, (laughs) like if he can come in and give like a great speech and pay respect to Kansas City in a way that he should, then he'll be undead. We'll resurrect him and he'll be fine. But until he does that, then uh, he's dead. He's dead to me at least because he disrespected Kansas City with the way that he was talking about our city and about our Chiefs organization, you better pay some damn respect to the place that you made your Sound name. A at. Bitter. I am bitter. Nah, you better pay some damn. You better better put some respect on our name. Special thanks to Jillian Carroll for joining us. Special thanks to Julio Sanchez for doing real work. And special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Saturday afternoon to listen to me and Julio. This is overtime here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Overtime with Jillian and Chris, 610 Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.